Welcome to Seven Mile Ministry. We hope you enjoy this message. I'm used to saying good morning, so. Um, just before Jonathan gets going, I just say a couple of things. First of all, thanks for coming out. Um, we welcome y'all here at Seven Mile. This is our second annual men's conference, and uh, the title of it or the idea, the theme behind it is No More Excuses. And as I was sitting there in praise and worship and looking around at empty seats, uh, I'm glad there's the men that are here the, tonight that didn't make an excuse. Because it is the middle of the week and a lot of people have excuses because they're tired and it was hot today and I'm worn out from work and I don't feel like going. And, and um, I'm glad you didn't use that excuse. I'm glad you're here. Good Lord's glad you're here. And some people live here close. Some of you drove an hour. There's one fellow here that's over five hours from home. He's, he's out of town here. But let me tell you, it's not by accident. Because God doesn't make mistakes, but what he does is make appointments. And um, he's got a word for you to hear tonight. He's got a word for you to hear tomorrow night. He's got a word for you to le- hear Friday night. And here's the goal each and every night, is to leave out better than you came in. I say that every Sunday morning. If we don't leave out better than we came in, we wasted our time. But we're not here to waste our time, and we are going to leave out better than we came in. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Well, Jonathan, come on up. Or you can stay down there, but you know what I mean. So good to see everybody here tonight. Uh, No more excuses. Like he said, uh, we'll be going through Friday. Um, Demetrius Hicks will be speaking tomorrow night. Red will be closing us out. Um, Friday night, Full Moon Barbecue will be here. We'll have cornhole, have all that stuff for all the guys. And so, you know, come out, invite your friends. I'm excited to see what God's going to do this week. Um, When we begin to pray and seek God about this, no more excuses, um, God begin to instantly deal with me about something that I want to talk to every guy in this room about. And I think it's going to hit us. And you're probably thinking sex, but it's not sex, so relax. Um, But I think it's more of a problem in guys than sex is. I want to talk to you tonight about anger. Anybody ever had a problem with anger? Anybody ever had a temper problem? Listen, just because you're a quiet guy doesn't make you not have a problem with anger. Some people put so far inside that they have all kind of problems that they don't even realize the root of is anger and frustration. So, uh, but I I just want to talk to you tonight. Uh, I I can't go on without saying this before my first scripture. Um, Paul writes to Timothy and says, my son in the Lord, and uh, I've got a son in the Lord here. His name's Timothy as well. Looks like he's in the restroom. So, uh, no, he's not. Where is he? There he is. It's his birthday tonight. And uh, I want to say a happy birthday to Tim. And I want to make sure all you guys, including you, Matt, we need to hold him down and birthday spankings tonight. So we're going to do it. Good to see you, Matt. But uh, it's got to come to this guy. But no, for real. Happy birthday, Tim. How are you, 37? Okay, 29. Close enough. Mark 3, if you're reading. It says, he, talking about Jesus, ordained 12 to be with him and to be sent out to preach and to have authority to heal sickness and to cast out demons. Simon, whom he he named Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James. Now look at this. Whom he, Jesus, surnamed Barjonas, or Borgis, 
I listened to YouTube for 20 minutes tonight trying to get the Greek pronunciation of that, how it pronounces the word, and I still don't have it, so just forgive me. But it's whatever it is, Bornagis is, I think the way it says, meaning sons of thunder. Now get that. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and the Simon, the, the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, whom he betrayed. Let, let's pray, and then we'll get right into this. Father, we thank you for everything that you've done. I pray you open our hearts. We thank you for the worship tonight, God. I thank you for every sacrifice made for people to be here. These, God, charge us as your men. We love you, God. Help us to lead like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus is about to send out his, his crew, his 12 guys. And he calls James and John sons of thunder. I want you to see that. Now you might have read it in the scriptures where it says everybody else called him, but Jesus called him that. And I want to tell you something tonight. You can fool everybody you want to, but Jesus sees who you really are. You can play games. You can fool me. You can learn the language of church. Bless God, brother. I'm blessed and highly favored. And you can smile in here. And you can act like you've got everything together. But the truth is, if you really want to change, you've got to embrace tonight that Jesus Christ knows who you are. He knows who you really are. And if you look at that word that, that says right there, sons of thunder, it really means... The, the results of a thunderstorm like destruction. He was really saying the sons of destruction. Now I know nobody in here has a temper like that. That everywhere they go there's destruction. Some of y'all should have permits for your tongue. It's a deadly weapon. Man, it's quiet in this Episcopal church. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm just going to let it soak for a second. We, we have to come to grips that God knows if we've got an anger problem. Let, let me show you a few scriptures on anger. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Let me, let me read you something. Well, go to 27. I'm sorry. Do not give place to the devil. How does the devil work? Well, it says if you're angry, you sin not. He's not working there. It's that second part. Let me read it to you in, in a version I read. It says, if you, if you become angry, do not let your anger lead you into sin. And do not stay angry all day. Then it says, don't give place to the devil. So what happens? We get angry and we're not supposed to sin. But if we don't get, let the, if we let the sun go down on our wrath, now we've let the devil begin to work in our lives. Now if we're not careful, that anger has begun to spill over into our lives and that anger begins to consume us and all of a sudden everybody around us calls us the son of thunder. Now a lot of you guys are looking at me tonight like you guys are saints and you've never been angry before. Am I talking to the wrong church? Should I need to go to our church? It's right down the road. Listen, I've seen men, grown men, that they are so nice and calm and cool and collected and you would never think they had any anger problems until they didn't get what they wanted. And all of a sudden, we teach our children we don't have 
tantrums. We don't act out. But how can they not act out? All they see daddy do is act out. Some of y'all got, you can't even afford the budget now. And you got break stuff in your house because you're angry. And you're going to show everybody you're the man. You can't even pay the bills now. Punching holes in the sheetrock. Oh, y'all are all innocent. I know y'all never done it. Anger. Woo, you know you got them red when it's quiet. I could be preaching on heaven right now and you guys would be dancing. Come on. Don't let the anger. Look at Ecclesiastes 7.9. This is one one of those verses when you read it, you just got to kind of close the Bible for a second and be like, Lord, I'm going to need a minute to digest on this. Look at this. Do not be quick in your spirit to be angry. Listen, all you guys looking innocent tonight, I'll go ask your wife. She'll tell me. She'll tell me how quick you are to anger. Oh, y'all in here with your halos on. Let's go ask your family. Boy, don't let it go right. Boom, you're just off the handle. I'm a godly man. I walk with the Lord until my way, I don't get my way. Oh, it's, it's easy now. We're civilized. We've got passive aggressive ways to attack people with our anger. Manipulation, control, dude, you are the man. Guys, give it up for Drew's shirt. That deserves a hand clap. Just going to say that. Look at this. Thanks, Drew. For irritation settles in the bosom of a fool. And that's the version that I gave JT. But in, in the version I read, it says, and anger settles or rests in the bosom of a fool. Now listen, I read all through Proverbs right through there. After that, about a fool. You never want to be associated with a fool. So if anger finds its easy rest and settles with you, there's a problem. You, you don't have to always be angry. I was listening to a group of guys talk this week. They had no idea what I was preaching about. And one of them said something that was so profound. He said, it's like having kids and family and work. It's like every little thing is a thorn. Your kid don't want to eat their beans and then he don't want to get ready for bed or he don't want to get up for work or he doesn't want to do this or at work this doesn't ever work right and he was like every little thing is a thorn and all of a sudden it all just hits that apex and it's not the one little thorn that happened that sets us off it's the whole thing ever been there listen one of the things i wrote down here is and i want you to take this with you we are not to mute anger. We are to manage anger. You manage it. You don't mute it. Guys that mute anger have digestive issues. They get all kind of skin rashes. They, they, they quiet it down so much that they're the guy that just goes off one day. They just go crazy because they're muting it. And listen, muting it is not the godly way. Managing it, and we'll go into that some a little bit. But listen, if anger is on you all day and it's in your bosom as, as Ecclesiastes, it just stays with you, you're a fool. Amen. And you have to take that. And you have to tell God to forgive you for being a fool. Amen. Yeah. Right? That's it. Proverbs 15, 18, look at that. A wrathful man stirs up strife. So many guys are like, man, 
There's always drama. I don't know why. It's everybody. Remember, no more excuses. The anger can't be your fault, right? Can't be my fault. It's, I got an excuse for it. Well, my daddy's like that way. You know how many guys I've heard in my life say that? Well, I get this temper from my daddy. It's an excuse. So I can just say what I want to when I want to. You would absolutely punish your child if they just flew off the handle every time that they didn't get something their way or couldn't control something their way, wouldn't you? But let us not get our way. Oh, I could tell you the things I've seen being in ministry over the years. People didn't get their way. They don't come straight to you. It's the manipulation and the control and the anger. And it's the pouting and it's putting their thumb in their mouth. They're not sulking, they're angry. It's passive aggressive. Look at this. If your life is full of strife, you're a wrathful, angry man. But he who is slow to anger appeases strife. Some of you have never been taught that a Christian actually walks in and makes peace places. Like, you know, we're supposed to be salt. Not sarsaparilla. Sriracha sauce. Now listen, don't, don't, lose, don't lose my boys, my, my James and John. We're going to go back to those guys. Those are two of the heroes of faith, by the way. There's a positive end to this if you stick with it. I'm just wanting to show you that this is all through the Bible. James 1, 19 and 20. And I'm going to get to my point in a second, but look. Therefore, my beloved brothers, who's he talking to? Not the world, he's talking to the church. Let every man be swift to hear. Man. I think social media has made us where we absolutely have been emboldened to give our opinion so much. Nobody listens anymore. They're not quick to hear. They're quick to talk. Most of the time when somebody comes to you for advice, they really don't care what you have to say. They just want you to agree with them. Or as you're talking to them and you're expounding the word even, they're looking and they're ready. They're not listening to you. They're ready to say something else. Look, that's not even in the notes, but that's good. I've been praying this for myself the last two weeks. God, make me quick to listen, slow to open this. And slow to what? Slow to anger, to become angry. Now listen, take an inventory tonight. When something goes out of your control, are you quick to anger or are you slow to anger? Well, the Word of God says you're supposed to be slow to anger. Can you be angry? We read, yes, you can be angry and not sin. Right? Most of the time you can conquer anger if you can control your mouth when you're angry. That means your heart's got to be right. You won't sin if you, if you usually don't sin with your mouth. Now listen. Well, let's keep reading. I've got so much to say in so quick, so little time. So go to 20. I've probably studied for this sermon way too long. Probably longer than I've studied for a sermon in years. For the anger of man does not do what? Work the righteousness of God. When you let anger come in your life, the righteousness of God goes away. tell you a story about a guy named Moses, a deliverer. He had a problem and he didn't deal with it. 
God calls him to deliver his people. In the book of Exodus chapter 20, if you want the reference. I didn't give it to JT. And he calls him to deliver his people. And he sees one of the Hebrews fighting with the Egyptians. And he gets so angry that he was, his people were treating wrong. He kills the guy. He buries him. He thinks everything's great. Let me tell you something. Some of you tonight are burying that anger and the consequences of it. And you don't think it's costing you. And you don't think anybody knows. God knows. So he sees two Hebrews arguing. And he gets involved again. He says, what, are you going to kill me like the Egyptian? All of a sudden he's running. For 40 years. Now you cannot believe this. This is the new Jonathan translation. But we accept the fact that God put him out in the wilderness and gave him 40 years of delay and and to give him the burning bush and all that. I don't believe that. I believe that he would have stayed the course and had his anger right. God would have done the same 10 plagues. God would have delivered his people. He would not have been delayed. Some of you are delayed in your calling and your life and your family because of your anger. So God shows up in fire and says, Moses, you want anger? I'll show you anger. I'm a God of anger. And then he speaks to him. Because he's also the God of love. And he calls him again. So many of us have blown it. And God shows up for burning bushes. Thank God for those burning bushes. And he says, hey, you got to get back to work. I love you, Moses. The calling didn't change. Now listen to me carefully. He goes with them for 40 years of his life, watching God do everything amazing. And God speaks to him and says, the the people say, God brought us out here to die. This was like a broken record for them. And God said, I want you to go Speak to the rock and let the water flow. Now, the first time this happened, God said, I want you to smack the rock and water will flow. Well, this time, he said, I want you to speak to the rock. And Moses got out there and he got to thinking about all those people whining and griping. And as God brought us out here to die and he lets his anger well up and he smacks the rock twice. Now, listen, you got to understand what's going on here. Stay with me. Jesus Christ is that rock. The writer of Hebrews tells us he is the rock. So the first time he's to be smitten and water's going to flow. But then after he's smitten the one time and only, he's supposed to be spoken to because he's our Savior and our Lord. And he's going to flow. Moses messed up the whole thing with his anger. Because some of you might read that and say, man, that punishment that God brought on him, that was a little... No, no, no. Moses was mixing up something that was huge. He was messing up huge things. Listen, because he would not deal with his temper and his anger, it cost him the promised land. God spoke to him and said, you will not go into the promised land. Some of you are like, man, there's something missing in my life. There's something missing in my family. There's something missing in my church experience. It's not the church. It's not the family. It's you. It's your anger. Your anger is costing you the promises of God. When every time things get out of control and your kids are scared of you and your wife is scared of you and you're so angry all the time, it is costing you the promises of God. Amen. That's good. 
So many guys are looking confused. So many guys are frustrated. And they don't know how to deal with it. Maybe you don't know how to deal with it because nobody's ever taught you how to deal with it. What I learned from my dad, you say, or they say, what I've seen is when you get mad, you do this. Heard a guy say one time, can't even bring your company over to your house because you only got one blade on your ceiling fan because you temper, you torn the rest down. Listen, as much as I'm talking about that, I don't want you to miss the point that there is serious, you can harbor anger. It expresses itself in bitterness and discontentment. Maybe you just don't like where you are. Some of the silent guys are the scariest guys in the room. Some of these hotheads are like bottle rockets. And they're done. Them quiet guys with them long fuses. Once that fuse runs out, that's the guys that you hear about on the news. Because they, they had no way to be an outlet. Does this make sense tonight? Yeah, yeah, come on, man. I want to go one other place, and then we'll go back to James and John and finish. Colossians 3, 8, and then we're going to skip down to 19. But now you must also put away all these things. Now listen, but now you, you, you must put also away these things. What's the first one? Anger, wrath. Malice, blasphemy, filthy language. Listen, don't, don't go around telling me that Christians curse. I'm sorry, they don't. What's from the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. Yes. I, I've started hearing this more and more. The church is just starting to let guys, well, it just slips out. It don't just slip out. If it wasn't in there, it don't come out. Come on. I lost. Well, I get angry sometimes. And those words just come out of my mouth. Get yourself a clean heart. Washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, those words won't come out. One of my brothers was telling me a story tonight. He led a guy to the Lord last night, walking outside. The guy had, for the whole conversation, the guy had just cursed and cursed and cursed and cursed. The guy, he finally grabbed him and said, do you want to give your life to Jesus? He looked up and said, Jesus, I give you my life. And they talked for another hour. And he looked at him and he said, do you realize you haven't said a single cuss word since then? He got a new heart. Sometimes believers, boy, we got excuses for everything. Well, when I get angry, boy, it just comes on out. Listen, this ain't in my notes, but I know where I am. You don't get a pass. That says you got to take away filthy language. You got to deal with it. Don't pray, God, stop me from cussing. Don't even waste your breath. God, take my heart back. Get my heart again. Let me fall back in love with you again. Cleanse my heart. There's a prayer. Wash me. You'll find out your tongue is clean when your heart's clean. Now, if y'all don't name me, I'm going to think y'all are guilty. Look at 19. And you're like, man, where, where are you going with this? Watch this. I want you to get this. When God began to show me this, I was like, whoa, this is an aha moment for me. Husbands, love your wives. Do not be bitter towards them. 
Now, usually when you think about bitterness, you think about women. Amen. The group gets alive with the first chauvinist comment. I get more amens on that. Keep that up, buddy. JT's so scared, he's taking it off the screen. <laughs> so I'm reading this, and I'm like, Man, husbands, don't be bitter towards your wives. That's one of those moments where I'm reading it, and I'm like, I don't know that he didn't mean in translation, like, husbands love your wives. Wives, stop being nagging bitter towards your husbands. Because I know everybody in here's wives are just perfect, okay? No, 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 he's talking to men. There are men in this room, I'm telling you, I've been praying over the services, that you don't even realize until now, you have bitterness and resentment towards your wife. The way maybe she didn't respect you the way you thought she should have. Maybe she did things that you don't like. Maybe she spent money that she wasn't supposed to spend. I don't know what yours is. And you're, you're bitter. Listen, everybody in this room was like, man, at a men's conference, I really didn't think we were going to go here. I want you to see if you love your wife, you can't be bitter towards her. Some of you are frustrated and in your head you're going, my marriage is just not what I thought it'd be. I don't know how to get it back on track. And God is telling you tonight, it starts with you. You ask him if there's any bitterness or resentment towards your wife. I've heard guys say it before when they finally open up. I don't like the way she talks to me in public. Oh, we're real talking now. I don't like the way she does this. Some of you guys are quiet guys. You hadn't said, you wouldn't know how to communicate with your mouth if it, you'd have to move it like a. So you just hold it in and it stews. And every time she disrespects you and every time she does something, you don't even realize you're angry. And all of a sudden it starts spilling over into other areas and you have no idea that there was a scripture in Colossians that the Holy Spirit wrote to his people and was like, hey, husbands can get bitter at their wives. You got to deal with it. You got to deal with it. Guys, you don't even realize if you'd get rid of that bitterness, all those things that you want that we didn't talk about, you'd get. If you came home sweet. If you came home, yeah, y'all starting to pick up what I was throwing down right there. It was a little covert. Get the bitterness out. Get the love back in the house. Get the love of God back in the house. I want you to see some, a couple of things. People who have verbal rage, they make statements like to their kids like, you're just so dumb sometimes. That's anger. Yeah. You're just like your mother. Some of you guys are reliving your childhood and you realize, man, those words hurt you. 
Why are you not like your brother? That's just anger. It's just frustration. Some of you that shut down with your, your absolutely emotional rage, you say nothing. You say nothing. When you should say something. Come on. Let's wake up. Let's do this. Let's be Pentecostal for a second. No, you know, like when you're mad at her and you should tell her you like her hair, but you deliberately don't say anything. Well, that's not me and that's not who I am. And you know us guys, we're just quiet and reserved. I thought you said be slow to speak. I didn't say be a mute. You know what I'm saying? When that coworker that you don't like, that you're frustrated with, oh, we're going there, aren't we? When you're frustrated with them, you should praise them and you should tell them how good they did, but you sit in your little cubicle quiet because you don't like them and you don't like the way they are? Oh, we, we hit a nerve right here. Well, I just don't like him. I'm not going to tell him he looks nice. I'm just going to be, you know, we're men. We're just going to be silent. Nothing wrong with being silent. Oh, there's something bad wrong with being silent. You know how many men tonight in America have their hands in their head and they have no hope and they don't know what's going on because she left him and he has no idea why she's gone. I'll tell you why. She found a guy that would tell her, you're beautiful, you're lovely, you're wonderful. I'm so glad you're in my life. I don't know what went wrong, Pastor. All I did was come in the house every night. I was a grouch. I grumbled. I mumbled. I complained. I don't know why she left me, man. Ooh, pick me. Pick me. I know. Remember that Moses smacking the rock and missing the promise? You let your promise walk right out the door. Some of y'all need to go home tonight, look at your wife and say, you are the finest thing on this planet. I can't afford much. I'm going to get some Dollar General candles. We're going to kick the music on. Y'all acting like y'all don't know this is in the Bible. Love your wives. All your single guys going, what's he talking about? (laughs) Don't be worrying about it yet. That's the next chapter for you. So listen to me. Your silence can be a huge form of rage. Just can't say I said anything. I thought it said to know to do good and to do it not to him. It was sin. I'm closing. Some of y'all can relax. I put no more excuses. And I just started listing excuses. Let me get back to my boys, James and John, and we'll close. So they're walking along. It's one of my favorite. I think I gave JT, but we're not going to read the whole thing for time. They're walking along to a city, and they try to witness to the Samaritan city. And the Samaritans don't receive Christ. And they go to Jesus thinking they're winning, okay? Sons of thunder. Dr. K is smiling. He knows where this is going. And they said, hey, 
Elijah called fire down from heaven and destroyed them. Jesus, let's show them you're real. Smack them all. Burn them to the ground. But look, I'm not making this up. Luke 9, 51 through 56. Go check it out. Jesus looks at him like, what spirit are you of? I came to save. Do you know how embarrassing that is when Jesus himself calls you out and for eternity your temper is in the scriptures? <laughs> some of you tonight, you have heard some of this stuff and you are saying to yourself what I said to myself when I read Ecclesiastes about anger and a fool. I said, Lord, I don't even want to read this anymore. What, he, what did he see in him? He saw a tenacity. He saw a temper. Listen, and what did he do with it? Listen to how many times that he said, I want to bring with me, he told the 12, chill here. I want Peter, James, and John, James and John, James and John. I want them to come with me. I want them to be close to me. I want them to be intimate with me. How are you going to beat your anger tonight? You might not know me from Adam. I will never preach a message, and the Lord knows this. If I give you the problem and not the solution, that was not a message. I want to tell you there is a solution for your anger tonight. God wants you to swift and that passion that's inside you that the devil meant to kill you and rob you from your promise. God will take that and turn it on the devil and let loose. But it's up to you to get close to him. It's up to you to be intimate with him. It's up to you. Listen, James was so passionate for him. He's the first martyr. He was the first one in the book of Acts. They cut his head off for Jesus Christ. He took a stand. He had passion. There are so many of you the devil has beat down and told you you're disqualified. Listen, the burning bush is there to speak to you again. God wants you to get close. You've got to get in this word. You have to acknowledge your anger. I'm angry, God. I'm frustrated, God. I'm hurt, God. Acknowledge it. Oh, but I love John. John gives me hope. When I was reading this in my office, studying this, I guess it was last week, I began to cry. And I began to say, God, make me John. You know, John was the one. When Jesus said, one of you guys are going to betray me, Peter knew John can get it out of him. Peter went to, what did he call himself? He didn't call himself John. As he's writing, he said, the apostle that Jesus loved was leaning on his breast. And he said, hey man, hey man, find out. Now we can talk about Peter's problems of gossip and all that. Thank God for Peter. But he said, hey man, find out. And Jesus told him, it's the one who dips this. And you see John 21 Peter gets restored wonderfully back to God after he denied Jesus and cursed him. And it says in the disciple that Jesus loved. Saw him on the shore and said, that's Jesus. I want you to see the one that loved him. That one that when he met him, he said, you are destruction. You are a son of wrath. Is now the one that the Holy Spirit pins in there. The disciple that Jesus loved. They call him the beloved. Read 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. You know how we find out the text that says God is love by the apostle that was once a son of thunder. 
Some of you, Red said it tonight, and he was talking for the Lord. When he said, some of you have come in here one way, you're going to leave the same, you're going to not leave the same, you're going to be changed forever. Some of you came in here tonight with anger and frustration. Listen to me, get close to the Lord. He will change you. People will see it. Your family will see it. That you will become the, just the apostle of love. That you're the one that wants to be near him. You know what the Lord showed me one time reading John? I thought, Lord, this guy is writing and he's calling himself the disciple you love. It's kind of weird. And God began to show me, no, no, no. He was writing that because the Holy Spirit made him. Because he didn't really believe. He kept telling himself he's the anger apostle. And the Holy Spirit keeps calling him the apostle of love. This is the apostle that Jesus loved. You're the apostle that Jesus loved. Every, every guy in here, you're, you're the person, you're the man that Jesus loves. Any three-year-old can pitch a temper tantrum. Yeah. I hear about grown men all the time taking Xbox remotes over a video game and smashing them in their hand. Throwing them through TVs. I got a friend that's 35 years old, throws his remote through his 55-inch 4K flat screen. You say, man, you're gossiping about it. No, I told him he was a fool to himself, to his face. We got a problem. See, what happened was when iPads started raising us, and we just did it in their hands. And there wasn't a father to speak into our life and cover us. This generation is confused about their identity because there hasn't been a father voice in their life. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, my dad was there, but he wasn't there. Get what I'm saying? People say that all the time. Yeah, I knew my dad. We had a family. But he wasn't there. And so they're confused and they're frustrated. And they're angry. I need you to be John tonight. I need you to look at those people and say, I was a son of thunder. And don't say it boasting about your temper. So they can say, oh, he's got a temper. Say, my temper cost me a lot of good things. I know some guys right now, their tempers cost them their wife. Their tempers cost them their children. Got friends right now that don't even know where their dad is because their dad was nothing but a crazy hothead. If you're not careful, the very thing you hate, you'll become. Tonight, I want you to deal with your anger. And I don't want you just to deal with it tonight. I want you to deal with it from now on. I want you to crucify it with Christ. I want you to get close to him. I want you to start reading. Listen, everybody in here knows how to Google. Google anger scriptures. Just put those two words in. You've got enough to chew on for a long time. The wisest man that was ever born other than Jesus Christ wrote an entire book called Proverbs that is filled. You can't read three verses without finding the thing about somebody being fool and their mouth tearing them down and their mouth doing this. It's full in Proverbs. Man, you might be sitting here tonight and you're cool, collected. 
You, got, you look like you got it all together, but on the inside, you are so frustrated. You don't know what to do. Man, I was working a job one time. These guys know. Two of my coworkers that I absolutely love. I was working a job one time that everybody told me was the best job in Alabama. And I was so frustrated. So angry that I was there. I look back now and I'm so glad I was there because I met, God moved me to one department that was horrible and I met a guy named Jason Meadows who is now my lifetime brother and he moved me to another one and I met a guy named Noah Rocker who is now my lifetime brother and I met those two guys and then I was out. But I was frustrated. And the scripture did not when I said, God, what's the conclusion? Cast your cares on me because I care for you. Remember, don't mute it. Manage it. Men, we have to get alone with the Lord. I feel the Holy Spirit here. Every hair on the back of my neck standing up. He wants to change men tonight. You, You can't mute it. You have to manage it. You have to cast it. The word cast there is the same word that it says Jesus cast out devils. He took authority over the demonic. It's the same word. You have to get passionate about getting all your cares off of you and onto him. God, I'm frustrated where I am. Be honest with him. I love talking to God. I don't do any of this. Most holy father, Lord of all heaven. I come to him and I say, Lord, I love you. I need you to help me. Do I honor him and worship? Is he a holy God? Yes. Do I reverence him? Do I magnify him? The Bible even says extol him. Do I extol the Lord? Oh, yes, I love magnifying God. But there is a time where I talk to God. He's my father. I have to say, God, I'm frustrated. I love this one. God, I blew it. Me and him have that one too much. I blew it. But I'm not stopping. I want you to change me. Yes, I wanted you to call fire down on them and their family. I blew it. He didn't tell him you can't walk with me anymore. You guys have missed the whole purpose. He said, keep walking. Just stay close to me. Why do you think it's so important that you attend church every time the doors are open? You got to keep getting close. You got to keep hearing the word. You got to keep experiencing not only in personal worship, but corporate worship. You got to hear your brothers testify. Hey, you know what? I was driving down that friend this week. I'm sorry. I'll tell this in all clothes. But I had a friend that I was thinking about during the sermon this week a few months back. He got so mad because the guy wouldn't let him over in traffic. He took his whole Starbucks and threw it on the guy's windshield. I was just thinking about it. I was like, oh gosh. But you look, you look, you look. He's got so much frustration. He's got so many things. Some of you, some of you are acting like y'all never done nothing crazy in traffic. Now, I haven't ever thrown a whole, I mean, first of all, I'm not throwing $7 out the window. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. 
Now, if it was a Keurig K-cup from home in my thermos, I don't know. Thank God it didn't happen to me. He threw The same guy threw a banana peel on a guy's windshield one time. He was eating a banana and just spiked it off of it. You say, this is funny, but man, what happens when it's not just a stranger in traffic? By the way, you can get arrested for that kind of stuff, so you, I wouldn't recommend it. But second of all, what happens when you do it to your wife who you love? What happens when you say it to your kids? Listen, I'm going to say this last thing. I'm going to obey God. I think it was Barry. He's my brother-in-law, if you don't know that. He gave me a book because he has two girls, and now I have a girl. And they were telling me about this book, and I'm reading it, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. So this girl was going on vacation with her mom and dad. She's in the back seat. She puts her feet up in between the seats. And her dad, now she's like 12. Her dad looks at her and says, you have the most beautiful feet I have ever seen. She said, this is her writing later, way older. She's writing and she's like, for the rest of my life, I remembered that my dad thought I had the most beautiful feet. It absolutely shaped my life, as silly as that sounds. Now, I read it and cried because it scares me. I didn't look at it like I'm going to tell Riley one day she has beautiful feet. I'm going to look at it one day that I'm going to be tired and I'm going to be weary and I have that in my notes and I missed it. Thank you, Lord. I came back to it. Guard yourself when you are tired. And what Riley's going to remember for her whole life is not all the things I said about how beautiful she is, but that one moment where I'm weak and I'm tired and I snap at her. got to be careful. You say, it doesn't matter if I miss a prayer life. It matters, man. It matters, guys. It matters. Some of you need to go pick up your kids and hug them tonight and tell them how much you love them. And you need to be brutally honest and tell them, I am so sorry. Daddy's going to change because Jesus is going to change him. Everybody stand with me. Thank you for listening to this message from Seven Mile Ministry. 